Welcome to the SCOM podcast. This is our security and compliance podcast created by Quarter Cloud. I'm Kelly and I work at the marketing department. And I'm Phil from the technical team. And we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way. Phil Talks Technical, where I keep it lighthearted with a selection of exciting guest speakers. Let's delve in. So thanks for listening to the podcast today. Uh, Today we're talking about the importance of protecting your entire IT ecosystem and what that actually means. Um, Psychognito shows you your entire attack service, including previously unknown assets across your entire network, you know, both internally and externally. And most security teams look at security from the inside, inside out. But again, in this episode, we discuss why it's really important to view your security as an attacker from an external perspective and only looking for those exploitable footholds. So we've got um, Rob from Psychognito. So um, Rob, I don't know if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe just tell us a little bit about Psychognito, why it's different and you know why it's so important to this part of the market. Sure. Thanks, Phil. Um, so yeah, Rob Thatcher, uh, I've been at Psychognito now for just over two months, uh, joining to um, work and develop you know, our channel program. And uh, I think you know, as, a, as an intro, what, int- what interests me about uh, joining Psychognito is the gap in the market space um, to uh, to look at um, the external risk from an attacker's point of view, um, and uh, you know the background to Psychognito and the business is that we were we were started by uh, an organisation that uh, basically did reconnaissance uh, nation state reconnaissance um, services um, and uh, you know discovering the attack surface of organisations out there, um, which is the foundation block, I guess, to most security. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you look at you know, visibility um, in cybersecurity, I think it's in everybody's marketing collateral. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you can't see the assets that you're trying to protect, um, then you're going to struggle. So I guess that was the background of, uh, and the foundation block of Psychognito is, is discovery of assets. Uh, and then from there, you can look at how you can protect those in a better way. That's really interesting. Obviously, a lot of I know we've spoken to quite a few customers about this, and people know that they've got their own external firewall, but yeah, they may not know what the vulnerabilities are in it. But a lot of the external assets, they've not even considered them, have they? There's a lots of things that you guys throw up, and, you, and people don't even know they've got it, do they? Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, is that um, you know, uh, only last week I was on a call with with a customer um, looking at how they manage their you know the, the foundation, as I say, block of of discovery how they manage their external assets. And they currently get a consultant in once a year that does a report of their external assets. So a bit like a car MOT or anything, any of those analogies. And yep. the day after that, if someone in that organization creates a, creates a cloud um, asset that's exposed to the internet, that is exposed for the rest of the year until the next audit's done. So what that does to the risk of a customer um, yeah, they might have the right security tools, you know, in place to protect that asset. But if it's if it's not known, um, then they can't deploy the security tools that they've already got, already paid for. They can't deploy those on the assets that, if they don't know them. And if, as an example, you know, we see on our customer base a monthly churn, I guess, monthly change yep. of between one and a half and two percent, two and a half percent asset change. So over a course of a year or what the frequency is of you discovering those assets, obviously gives you the drift of visibility 
and that creates the you know the gap in your security and uh you know as our ceo rob always um always talks about um you know attackers look for the path of least resistance they don't look for the challenges they look for you know the, the ground floor door that's left open that you don't know about rather than the seventh floor window that's slightly left ajar they don't even, they're not even interested in that they go through the ground floor door if you don't know it's there so uh that's that's what we that's what we look to identify yeah, because even if, as you're saying, even if you've got new kind of assets being added through the time, you've also got new risks appearing through that time as well, haven't you? So there's that constant changing between assets changing and new risks appearing. And you guys give basically a live dashboard, don't you, of all those issues so people can just see what they are and start remediating them. Yeah, so we talk through customers' existing processes because everybody does something now, yes. Everybody everybody tries to do this to one degree or another. So we, you know, the key thing for us to understand is how does the how do people currently do this? What do they currently do? How do they track their assets on a spreadsheet? You know, how do they do it? Um, and then, based on those assets, what frequency do they test it? And then, based on the test and the results of the test, how do they prioritize that? And when we talk through that, and we we help customers identify, you know, what it is that um, their current processes achieve and how that could be optimised to reduce risk further. Um, once we've done that, obviously, then we can start to talk about how we automate that because we do that all within the platform, either weekly, fortnightly, or monthly. And for most customers, that is a task that is manually um, very hard to do, if not impossible. Yeah, and I know so, I know when you're talking about sort of prioritization, one of the things that I really liked about the platform was it does prioritize things by the attractiveness to, of an asset to an attacker. So obviously that's a key thing, isn't it? Because as you say, they're going to go for that path of least resistance. You know, they're not going to do the difficult thing. They're going to look for that something that's unpatched or something that's open, and that's the route they're going to take, isn't it? Yeah, and and you know, based on the testing that we do, you know, typically we find like many security tools lots of security issues, so not just vulnerabilities, but security issues, exposed assets that shouldn't be exposed and things like that. But, yeah, the key for everybody is that I don't think anybody um, in the world now needs another tool to tell them that their network needs thousands of things fixed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always alluded to that if a customer can fix you know, five things in a week and we scan and we reprioritize and we publish the the top issues we need to give the customer five a week um the rest are if if they want to work with core to cloud uh on you know patching some other pieces that aren't critical but to bring their total volume of vulnerabilities down then you know there are solutions out there and services out there they can buy to do that but if there's five critical things and they can only deal with five we need to tell them which of the five absolutely there's no point telling them ten because they might miss the one that's really important, which might be number six. Okay, so, so talking a bit about the types of things that it finds, I mean, I think on the reports I've been looking at, it's found things like architectural problems, misconfiguration issues, uh, server misconfiguration, network issues, exposed data. What's the kind of, you know, on a, on a sort of, for, for a standard organisation, what types of things are you sort of pulling out and showing as issues? So do you want to give us some examples? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, we do, you know, we do, we do a standard vulnerability scans, um, which you know, industry enterprise standard uh, vulnerability scans, and then outside of that, we do, you know, exposed you know, RDPs, um, uh, yeah, orphans, S3 buckets, 
Yeah. Um, things with sort of uh, yeah bad encryptions um, standards on it, uh, end of life um, type of uh, scenario. So anything the end of life that's exposed based on end of life. Um, we have so a report I looked at the other day. Um, you know, standard username and password on uh, an exposed to the internet IP camera. Um, we found exposed air conditioning, heating systems, sort of, um, you know, exposed to the internet. So you could, you know, if, if you were so inclined, uh, you know, access that and change some of the settings within that. So remembering that we're looking at the business risk to um, associated with the cyber side of the, of a business. So it's not only, you know, what is, what is sort of like a security function, but, um, you know, what would be the impact of the business of that, you know, exposure onto the internet. So remembering that we are 100% SaaS based. Yeah. So, um, you know, we look from the outside in, we don't need anything delivered. We've got no technology. A customer doesn't have to change their, you know, configurations. Then have to put us into their policies and listings to allow us access because that wouldn't really very well satisfy the the view of an attacker because no attacker goes to an organization and says, for me to do my reconnaissance on your organization, could you give me some of your passwords? Um, so it really yeah, it doesn't work if we get any access to the customer piece and, and you yeah, know, we're spread across lots of different, you know, sort of sources of our address. So we go undetected. Yeah, we, we are a proper attacker view of your network. Yeah, what you were saying about the exposed heating systems, I presume any of these systems that are there, they could easily be a pivot point into a more critical area of your network as well. Yeah, and, and depending on what sort of business you are, you know, a heating system might be critical, I, I guess. So so the bit that we're working on and we're, st- we're still developing is, is the intelligence behind the business risks associated with the assets that we discover. Um, and that's where obviously, you know, someone like Quarter Cloud can work on that with a customer to, you know, interpret the results and the criticality of the assets that we find that are exposed because that's obviously not always, um, obviously, you know, uh, visible to us as a, as a service, an external service. And something else that we've also just, just released um, is our exploit intelligence which enables customers to look at and re, uh, you know, refine the prioritization of the list because, you know, depending on a certain type of organization, um, those exploits might not be currently used um, against, you know, financial services or whatever type of organization, healthcare or whatever, you know. So we've got the intelligence about, you know, which attackers are exploiting which vulnerabilities or security issues uh, in certain sectors. So we can use that to further hone down and go, well, this one's important, but it's not actually in your top five because it's currently not showing as being exploited on, on your type of network. Um, so the key thing is to bring down the level to the ones that are important to each individual business. Yeah, so you know what you're going to focus on first. Again, that's, that's always the key thing, isn't it? It's working out what you actually need to do to keep your organisation safe and making sure you're working on that first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just ask... Um, I know that you know you guys do a lot of the the externally scanning wise. You do a lot of the OWASP top ten, the SANS twenty five. Do you want do you want to talk a little bit about that because that's that's an alignment a lot that's important to a lot of customers. Yeah, so so I mean a lot of the tools that we use, um, yeah, under the hood of the s- solution, 
um, bring in uh, you know all of those uh, all of those things that we can test um, you know unauthenticated. Some of those some of those tests within those um, standards piece um, aren't you know can't be done. Yes, um, exter- I realise that a lot of them can't be done externally, but some can, can't they? Some can. So, so within all of within all of that, and within the dashboards, I mean, essentially, we are a big data company um, that, that feeds in you know many OEM tools into uh, a database of which you know on the dashboard and the t- on, on the on the GUI front end, uh, customers can you know, interpret that data any way they like. So, you know, all of those standards that we use within the platform, we can uh, you know customers can extrapolate that out and. You know, basically uh, consolidate down some of you know those uh, things that they currently look for within different tools and use it from the data that we collect within our platform. So you know we hope that um, using all of that information to as part of that merge of of interesting stuff helps customers sort of optimize you know their searches for what is relevant depending on what's in, what's the priority like um, yeah, similar to We've got a PII, you know, dashboard within the tool. So, you know, very quickly, if a customer wants to look at what PII assets are exposed to the internet, you know, they can click on that, you know, um, uh, summary within the dashboard and come up with that and, and understand where they are and if there's any vulnerabilities against that. Because we're finding a lot of um, customers are using our data for, you know, red team activities, penetration testing, because obviously we're a, we're an up to date, depending on the frequency the customer purchases weekly, fortnightly, or monthly, we're an up to date asset list. So rather than running your penetration testing on a asset list that's a, a year old or or such like, they can go to the platform, put out those assets, and provide that to their testing team. Interesting. Um, and also, as you said about you know attackers looking at the path of least resistance, I know there was a report. I think it'll be last year now from Gartner, and they were talking about the top ten security projects with kind of high impact. Um, and I know we were looking at that from a psychognito perspective. And the things that it could help with were things like securing your remote workforce, that risk-based vulnerability management, your cloud posture, that data classification, as well as automating those risk assessments. So it's, it seems to me that the this falls really at a good time, doesn't it? You know, as people are moving to cloud more and more. They really kind of there's a bit of a rapid move to cloud, and people aren't really always putting that security in place. So almost Nito can be there in the background, giving you the confidence that look, actually we are safe or we're not safe, or what we need to do first. Don't, don't you think? Because people are really moving at speed now. Yeah, and and, and uh, another one of the dashboards is cloud assets. So obviously we track every cloud asset on which platform it's, uh, which you know services running on that platform. So as much of the information that we can. Um, and whether there's a security risk there or not, you know, obviously we, we, we don't only collect assets that have security issues against them. We collect assets regardless of what's there. So, yeah, as far as a business is concerned, um, against, um, you know, some of the things we do against policy yeah. as opposed to security. So policy and governance and compliance and the like, uh, you know, it's very easy for customers to set up um, what we call recipes. So the integrations workflows into you know, other tools um, which the customer might already run in their operations. So if, for instance, you know, a customer has a policy that these are the three cloud platforms I should be operating on, Yeah. if a, if an asset gets created that we've linked to that organization in a cloud platform that doesn't meet the policy, 
you know, we can we can create a ticket within um, within the report, export that out to you know Jira, ServiceNow, Zendesk, anything like that that the customer uses, and we export all that information out and publish that, create a ticket. So the customer for that activity doesn't need to go into you know, the Cyclonizo platform might be being owned by the security team, but the cloud ops team you know, need to be tasked to look at who's created that instance in a cloud platform that's not in the in the policy. So we can export that out, send that out with all the details in it, and someone can go and check why that's been created. So it's yeah, it's it's a it's an overall, you know, anything that you want to know about the attack surface or your external assets um, can be pulled from the database and fed for many different business reasons. Okay. Um, I tell you, if I was listening to this, I'd be saying, this sounds amazing. I'd really want to know how my organization's affected. What's the kind of, how easy is it to do a, like a POV on this? You know, because obviously what people want to see is, hang on, what does my organization look like? And I realize it's a live dashboard that updates all the time, but how easy is it for us to show people what their own organization looks like in regards to this? Sure. So, so uh, normal normal process that we would go through, we've got uh, obfuscated customer, live customer demo that we could uh, present to a customer to make sure that, you know, uh, it, it sort of meets what they believe is, is their needs. Um, then we can look at what we call an advanced demo, which does a, uh, a, a portion of a customer's network. Normally takes us about a week to turn around doing that. Um, and that gives a bit more business context because rather than, you know, generic obfuscated data, it, it finds their organization and subsidiaries within their organization and things like that. Um, so it gives them yeah, a better view, any issues that we find. Um, and then obviously after that, we can move to a full POV if required. But we quite often find that, you know, customers, when they understand based on the advanced demo, um, you know, the level of uh, knowledge that we get of a customer's attack surface and the value that we can bring, uh, you know, quite often it moves straight to, uh, you know, purchase of the solution and actually then operationalizing, you know, the onboarding of that customer, which is obviously, you know, creating the dashboards and things like that that they need to run their business off of that asset database. And I think the key thing I just mentioned there as well, Phil, is that, um, you know, I haven't yet seen, granted I've been here, what, two and a half months or something like that. Um, never has it been yet that a customer has been um, almost close to their assets. And I think one of the key features that, that, that everybody feeds back on is our um, discoverability path mapping because it's, it's quite um, you know telling when we do even an advanced demo and we find, you know, customer says, you know, based on how they view their network, um, you know, I have 2,000 exposed assets to the internet. And then we come back and we say, well, we've discovered 4,000. Um, the standard response, and it's not, it's, not, it's not wrong necessarily, the standard response is, well, the other 2,000 aren't mine. Um, but because of the discoverability path, when we go through those assets and we go through how we, how we found those assets, Yeah. And the, and the routes that we did and the techniques that we used to, to attribute those assets to that organization, um, that, is, that is the key factor, the foundation, as I mentioned, to start off with. That's the key foundation factor of saying, well, this is that ground floor door that's currently shut, but 
if for some reason a vulnerability gets exposed on that asset, then because you didn't even know that door existed in your office, if it if it was left open, you wouldn't know it was left open. So discovering those assets and mapping those out is obviously the critical path, and that's what you know, most customers um, you know, are extremely interested in, and, and that's a really easy thing for us to demo. So because, as I say, we're 100% SaaS-based service, a customer just has to approve that we start it. We don't do advanced scans because of what we do uh, and and the business structure. You know, we we wait for a customer. We don't go and scan all customers and then start to uh, provide reports to them and saying you need to buy it because we found issues. That's not our method of sale. Uh, you know, we engage with customers if they're interested in it, then they authorize it and we do a, a partial scan of their network. Okay. Um, just kind of talking about, obviously, I've seen the reports and the kind of detail in it. What's kind of what's new? What's coming? Where, what are you guys planning in the future? You know, where's the product going? What's the plans for it? Uh, yeah. So, so the recent, so, so we we we're refining down the um, the type of uh, information. So, uh, yeah, the, the 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 OEM tools that we bring in to make sure that we test more and more security issues. Uh, and not just the vulnerability piece. So, so that's obviously built into the tool. Um, and as say the uh, severity and the criticality. So we're building in some business logic into it, so customers can start to put some prioritisation against assets. So maybe an asset that currently has a uh, a medium or a high, not a critical issue against it. Uh, would score lower than a critical issued asset. Yeah. But we're changing or we're putting the, the flexibility in it for customers to tag critical assets. So in the prioritization, if there's a you know, highly critical asset that has a high but not critical um, you know, issue against it, we would rank that higher. Um, and then the other bit that we've just releasing um, is the exploit intelligence so, as I say, for customers to be able to, if they want to further verify it and look at the exploit and you know, understand you know, who's using it and what's the probability of it being used in anger at this point in time, then that's the latest feature that we've, we've released. Um, and then you know, further down the roadmap, we're, we're looking at you know, other sets of data that we can enrich our platform with. Uh, and then other, you know, we get quite often, we get, um, I don't know, mixed up is the right word. Uh, put in the same bucket of of um, security risk rating services. Yeah. Um, which sort of like a, a a far more rounded, far rather than specific um, solutions. So we're looking at whether we can help customers, you know, have a have a more rounded view of the data um, rather than the specific piece, because you know there are customers that you know, want that more executive report uh, piece, which is another element that we're creating is the exec report um, rather than looking at all the technical detail. That's quite useful because um, a lot of customers will want to include this in their kind of monthly IT meetings or reports to the board, won't they? So that's quite useful for them to be able to have something that's a bit more high level as well. That's good. Yeah, and it's, 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 a, it's an area that we've we recognised is, you know, we've been busy, um, you know, adding te- technological value into the solution. Yeah. But yeah, helping customers understand why it's good for them and how it's um, how it's improved their mid time to remediation. 
um, you know, within their business, how it's helped them over a period of time, you know, reduce their risk. And as I say, part of the uh, part of the dashboarding piece is looking at you know customers that have complex, you know, complex, large customers with lots of subsidiaries um, are, are are great. You know, get great value out of our tool um, because you know being able to d- divide down who's performing, you know, areas best practices within one part of the business around remediating some issues that could be moved into a or copied into another part of the organisation to you know speed up the, the and reduce the risk quicker. You know, it helps businesses look at you know performance within the subsidiaries and repeat those good practices in other areas, which ultimately, you know, we want to bring down the exposure, the time of exposure from us discovering something to an organisation, removing it from their risk. Yeah, people are looking for a tax surface management and and, and they get drawn to the, the you know, things that, in our experience, um, our challenge is getting in front of the customer for them to consider us. Yep, I can understand that. Once, once we're in front of the customer, almost without fail, um, if they want what Gartner classifies as external tax service management, we win. But because we are cycled NITO, and this isn't a bad thing, but it's a typical challenge, yes? Yeah. We're, we're a cool startup bit of tech competing against Palo Alto and Microsoft. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of account folk out there. You know, they've got a lot of partners out there. They've got... So, so, so the ask really of of customers that we're trying to, to trying to break is that you know if you're looking at the Gartner definition um, into attack surface management, you know asset discovery, um, you know the security testing, uh, prioritization and remediation. If you're looking for that, um, then we are the only tool that does that within a platform yeah others others don't do all of that so you've got so, you've got the, effectively got the complete package is what you're saying and i know when we've put it in front of customers that have used some sort of tool already they've all said wow this has got a whole lot more information in it yeah and it's, it's just streamlining it i guess it's the it's it's the ability for customers to buy it as a service yeah as opposed to you know uh, that, that blog that i love by the way um you know why get a machine why, why get a human to do what a machine can do Yes, I mean, there's some things um, that, that customers have to do maybe with their resources, but yeah, if they haven't got enough resources, why don't they automate and get a solution to do stuff that takes a lot of time? Absolutely. Um, um, that's the optimization we can bring. So, mate, I don't know whether that's worth um, how to how to put that in place, but... Um, I think we could splice a bit of that in. I mean... Um, because they can even take a part of it. I think I think you're right. It's important to mention the part where you said about it's important to get them in front of the customers so they can have a look at this alongside what they're doing. At the end of the day, if somebody's doing a POV, uh, it doesn't take a lot of effort to add another one in and do a proper comparison, you know, and see what your product offers. Um, well, based based on that, we all they got to do is say, "Could you do it for us?" Yeah, they haven't got to install any kit. Um, yeah, it's just like, okay, we're interested in this. We're currently running an evaluation of. Risk IQ, Palo Alto, uh, Microsoft, BitSight, whatever, whatever. Yeah, we're currently doing this. Um, yeah, we'd like our results from you. It's like, okay, so you've got a live project, you've got budget associated with this, and you'd like us to run it. Okay, we can run it. Just say, get on with it, and then 
a week's time, we give you an advanced demo report. Yeah, they can do a comparison and then see the value for themselves in their own environment, can't they? So, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't require them to do anything other than contact, you know, call to cloud and go, I, I'd like to see this on my network. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know all my assets. I, I'm not sure how many assets I've got. It's like, well, should you know how many assets you've got? Yeah, I most probably should. Okay. So what about, because of the way we've chunked it up now, so the way that we license it, they can just buy asset scoping on its own. No security testing, no exploit intelligence. So we could just run on a weekly basis, a fortnightly basis, and a monthly basis, asset discovery and give them a list of assets. Perfect. Yeah, we, again, we can talk to them about the scope of it. No, that, that's that's really helpful. And as you say, it's really important that people consider this alongside. So that's good. Thank you for your time on, on this podcast. It's been really good talking to you today. Um, yeah, and I hope people enjoy it. <laughs>